Hello everybody and welcome to the book club. This is our seventh book club episode, which is fantastic. So thank you so much for coming with me on this reading journey. It has been, it's been wonderful. Really enjoyed it. So today we are going to be talking about The Paris Secret by Natasha Lester with my lovely friend and author Mandy Newman. Hi Mandy. Hi Alex, how are you? I'm very well and Mandy and I are doing this in person. It's so exciting. It is so exciting. Well, stop talking. I know, I know, I know, Avinta. I know exactly yeah. right. No, it's been lovely, and I've had to clean the house, obviously, for oh, your no, arrival. Don't do that. No, Alex. I had to. I had to. I had no, to. Because I no, think no, no. when you're isolating at home, you don't realise how your standards slip. Oh well, my, that's me. That's me. And there's no pajamas. I have no pajamas on, and I have a tidy house. So today is going to be a good day. <laughs> Today's going to be a good day. So, Mandy, how has life, you know, isolation life treated you? I know when we last spoke, we were we were in the depths of it and there, yeah. there wasn't a lot of freedoms. We've had a little bit more of a sense of freedom over the last few weeks. Yes, and I have rel- um, actually not taken advantage of it. If anything, I feel a bit bereaved. I've actually liked this time. I like, and if, it's engendered a period of self-reflection. Oh, Mandy, <laughs> it sounds so deep, but it yeah. does. I mean, I think most people are in the same boat yeah. thinking, I don't want to live somewhere. Why? I don't want the traffic to come back. I, I don't want to have to look at miles and miles of cars and trucks and everyone living in that fast-paced life and trying to get to 50 million different things. Um, it's actually made me appreciate the present. Yes. Yes, that's very good. The leaves. Yes, the indeed. changing leaves. Indeed, Walking. indeed. Yeah, Getting just being in the moment. And na- like seeing people around our neighbourhood I've never even seen before. Are they your friends? Well, I wouldn't <laughs> <laughs> We have been maintaining social distance. Oh, good, good. I'm so, I do pl- wave. so pleased There's to hear that. There's a lot that. of elderly gentlemen out at, eight, at um, seven or half past six out in the morning in my area, and we now pleasantly wave to each other. That's lovely. Good morning. Yeah. yeah that's that's nice. lovely. What I hope, Mandy, is that we don't go back to that whole culture of busyness that That's we had pre-pandemic. I really hope because, that, Alex, yeah, too. because I just, you know, with the benefit of, of, of time and um, pajamas and um, no bra on, I feel like I've done a <laughs> lot of deep thinking. Out here today, oh, I have been. I really have been. Um, but I feel like, you know, being busy was a bit of a badge of honour, particularly in Australia. Mm. And I just hope that's changed. I hope that's one of the Me silver too. linings. I really hope that as well. And I hope people get to. St- get work a few days from home. Yes. Oh, wait, so they don't have to spend all that time travelling. Yeah. I think we've all appreciated how horrible a commute is. Yeah, and how unnecessary it is yes. and if we can and avoid it. it impacts the family. Yes. So, Mandy, we are here today to discuss The Paris Secret by Natasha Lester. Yes, the lovely, wonderful Natasha Lester. I've met her a couple of times. Oh, have you? But on, at, at book functions where she's been talking and she's delightful beautiful gorgeous and um she's fantastic at social media as well actually if you like something on her social media channels she'll she'll reply i know and talk to you like your new best friend i know well i've had a couple of messages and i was so blown away um no i agree and it's so interesting mandy because she was a marketing executive and she worked for l'oreal i think yeah maybe she's beautifully presented and she looks like she's got but she knows about how to communicate with people she does she does she does which is quite unusual a lot of authors are you know really good at the writing in their garage 
but actually coming out and talking about their book they're not so crash hot about yeah and she is fantastic she, and, and a wonder, lovely person a lovely person and I wonder if it's because she had that real life experience before she put donned her author's hat oh. you know where that would have been helpful because I think she went back was it I think it was mid 30s um, canned the marketing went back to university and studied creative writing and she did mm. a masters of creative creative arts and this is actually her seventh book amazing and I think I think the other a lot of great authors um, Kathy Kelly Marion Keys people like Natasha have worked either worked as journalists or in marketing so they're used to deadlines yes they used to be, they know audiences yes they know what their audience wants yes. they can appeal to the things yes and I think Natasha's a bit of a master at appealing to the things that women secretly love I think she's Romance, nailed it fashion history yes I went to a literary lunch at um, a bookshop in Newtown and I was really surprised it was packed and um, there were a lot of younger women there in their 30s and 40s and some of them had traveled from Wollongong and this is to see Natasha yeah just to see Natasha wow, and it okay. was a big event they shared reading her books um, with their sisters and their friends and so she really draws pe- readers from far and wide and and she really knows how to write books that women love yeah 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 well look she was described by the age as a remarkable australian talent and her work has been published in so many different anthologies and mm. uh, journals and she, and you know what she's had several books on the new york times bestseller list which is which phenomenal is, particularly as an australian like that's massive yeah I'm, I'm sort of proud of her yeah 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 I'm yeah really yeah, she's fantastic. She she's is fantastic. And look, we'll get into the story in a minute, but one of the things I really do love about Natasha is how she has this amazing ability to blend fact and fiction. Yes. Yes. So these, the, the, the books I've read of hers, the last, oh, I've read, sorry, sorry, I've read The Paris Seamstress. That was, I think, two books ago, which I did love. Oh, but that's my favourite. Really? Uh, I just love, I just, I, um, I suppose it's one of those books you want to hug. Oh, it was a beautiful book. Because it was really beautiful and I cried and... <clears throat> Um, as someone, as many women seem to be, a lover of French culture and life yes. and uh, Paris itself, she just seemed to, and Second World War yes. and fascinating stories yeah. and women doing wonderful things and beautiful fashion, yeah. of course. She just brings all those things together. She does. Mm. She hits all the points, I think. Mm. She hits she all the points. And that was my first Natasha Lester book. Was that your first oh, one? Romance, yes. Yes. Yeah, and my, I think that's why I, yes. I just... That uh, romance was wonderful. It just got me. It was like my first love, that book. Oh, yeah, no. it was beautiful. But this was, also, this, was also, this was also fabulous. But what she did in has done in both books is obviously blended fact and fiction yes. so beautifully. Um, and she has and the, the master of... French photographer. Oh, yes. You've read well. that? Yes. 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 Okay, yes. she does the same yeah, thing. Yeah, she really picks... Um, Unwritten stories about women's yes. role in history, and particularly in the Second World War, playing a very active part, and then dealing with the discrimination that was apparent mm. and evident mm. at that time. Mm. Yeah. So she sort of makes us more aware of what women have done and be proud I agree. of what I agree. women can do. Indeed. Inspire us in this present generation. I agree, Mandy. I agree. Mm. It's all those untold stories which I feel like, yes. you know, she wants to share and to and to inspire us and to mm. and to almost, you know, empower those 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 women who suffered some horrendous discrimination and yes. battled some some huge, huge um, challenges so that we can I suppose have some of the freedoms we have today. Yes. So I love all that. I love yes. all that. But before we get into it, let's give everyone a little bit of an overview of the story. Now look we're not going to give any spoilers away people so no. don't 
worry. But we're going to give you a bit of a taste of what it is about. Now, Mandy, do you want to kick us off? I do. Great. So it starts in the present because what, what she does is it's multi, it's told from multi perspectives across generations particularly yes and so it starts off in the present day where this lovely woman cat finds a treasure trove of dior dresses in her grandmother's forgotten home in cornwell and what she seeks to do is uncover the story of these dresses and that leads her into this whole new world of the second world war and airplanes and female pilots and spies and France and concentration camps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that summary. I like that summary. Um, that was better I, than last time. Yeah. Wasn't it? Mandy, Mandy. <laughs> I'm nailing the summaries, ladies, <laughs> readers, <laughs> listeners. There's no right or wrong here. No right or wrong. It's all good. Well, it's I all was good. very poor at it. No, you weren't. That was fabulous. But look, I have to say that that, that was excellent, by the way. That's a 10 out of 10. Oh, good. But let's just draw out a little bit more. Um, I, I would have to say there are two main female roles in this book there is like that's sky there is yes. sky who is it who is oh, i suppose we love sky who features in that sort of that world war ii period yes, yes. and then we've got cash who you did yes. mention who's sort of i suppose present day sort of a fashion curator works yes. at the powerhouse museum in sydney thanks alex for pointing that <laughs> oh, no, okay. no 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 but i fell in love with her is much better no. than mine no. not at all not at all not at all so um and so it's this dual timeline yes. isn't it really of, of two women who are fascinating Fascinating. Yeah. So in many overlaps, really. Both yes. strong women who mm. are really just championing their cause, and they've got a lot of integrity, and they're um, they're 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 just impressive. I think they're impressive ladies. Um, and I suppose um, if we go back to Sky for a minute, so so the story I suppose focuses initially on Sky um, as yes. well. So she has this beautiful childhood in Cornwall, um, and Which we all want. Oh, don't we? And that's, this, a, that's what Natasha's good at, actually. Oh. I think she's really good at digging into our private wishes and dreams and, and and writing about them. Yeah. So it's like we can be we can be Sky. Yeah, that's interesting. Particularly Andy. because it was idyllic. This childhood was yes. idyllic. Yeah. So and she, she was, was so feisty and she was an adventurous. And had this beautiful childhood friend. I know. That we all want. We all. Everyone wants a friend like Nicholas. Nicholas. Yes. Remember yes. that name, people. Remember that name. Yes. So, um, but Sky had this beautiful bohemian mother who I was enraptured with, called Vanessa, who was a fortune teller, who had these yeah. wild parties, who didn't seem to give a stuff about what anyone thought of her in the local town, and. Mm gorgeous black silk nightgowns and was just quite the woman quite the woman um and but then she had a sister called liberty Mm. and she had quite a toxic relationship with liberty didn't she yes um and then obviously then we tracked their journey and they went to paris as teenagers we'll just keep it very light we don't want to give any spoilers away and then we see sky during world war ii Mm. where she re reacquaints with nicholas yes and and that characteristic of her as a young woman or as a child she and she seems to take on that aspect of her mother which is brave and bold yes and she becomes a pilot i know i know i know i know flying planes flying planes which is and encountering discrimination encountering a lot of discrimination because women weren't supposed to fly yes and um then she does her darndest she does her darndest she does her darndest and she really just pioneered i think 
um, was it was a real pioneer. Obviously, she's a fictional character, yeah. but the the the, um, the discrimination that Natasha describes and the battles that she mm. described were very real for women during yes. World War Two. Yes. So she was part of the the women's auxiliary, the British women's auxiliary, yes. and um, she was uh, given the task with I think about eight other women to actually fly planes. The they British... worked in the air transport, oh, supporting the rats. Sorry, thing, sorry, 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 sorry. During the war, <laughs> so she was part of a small group of women who transported planes around the UK. Um, and it was, yeah, you know, which there is was quite amazing. I, of course, did not know anything about that. No, I agree. I agree. Mm. I agree. So she was a pioneer, really, for women during this time. And it makes you say to yourself, what am I doing with my freedom? Yeah. Now. Yes. Yes, Mandy, I like that. Mm, yeah. Sorry. No, it's good. <laughs> to interfere. No, I like that. I like that. But she she really was, um, she was very principled and she was, she she really, I suppose, felt like she deserved more. Women deserved a better, a better deal, didn't she? Yes. And she championed the cause. Um, and I, there was one thing that I do remember that, you know, she she was very concerned to make sure that women were treated with respect. And um, yes. there was one particular scene where uh, all these women had to actually have a medical exam to make sure their legs were strong enough mm. to fly. But mm. as part of this exam, they had to remove all their clothes. Mm. And she flat out refused to do it. Mm. Um, and so, you know, she said, and this is her quote, she was, so yes, principle matters. Principles mattered. They mattered more than anything right now. Um, and so she was trying to break stereotypes and, and yes. just get a better deal for women. So I thought she was she was incredible. And well done, Natasha, for, you know, telling this story. I thought it was really good. Yeah, she's very the. Natasha's ex- excellent at finding the historical detail and fictionalising it yes. so it's interesting and entertaining yeah, exactly. and informative all yeah. at the same time. Totally right, totally right, totally right. Anyway, just to go back into the story, people, so then we, we have World War Two, mm. um, and then they Nicholas and Sky reacquaint. Yes. yes. It sustains you to the end. It does sustain you to the, to the last page, actually, the last couple mm. of sentences. It really does. When I cried, I cried. I know, I cried too, Mandy. I cried a couple of times, actually, not just at the end. There were probably two other instances yeah. where I cried when my heart just felt crushed. Mm. Yeah, and it wasn't just the romance aspect of it. No. Because this is, this. I suppose you could say, yes, there is a romantic element to the book, but it's also a story of, of war. Mm. It's a story of survival. It's a story of, of, of feminism. Maybe that's what draws us to this period. Yes. Because uh, life is, the stakes are so high and people are so brave. That's the other aspect, thing I liked about this book. The bravery. The bravery yes, was the, great. The whole Second World War aspect, the spy... When they got moved to France, when the yes. story moves to France, the bravery of all those involved was was just <gasps> yeah. illuminating, don't you think? Yes. And very relevant. That's and again, you know, that was the themes were relevant. The characters are fictional, but the, yes. the historical oh, background yes, is absolutely accurate. I mean, as you're reading it, you're thinking, what would I do in that situation? I know. Would I have mm. the gumption to be able to see yes. that through? Yes, and that, would I be prepared to die? Yeah, I know. And they all were. They all mm, were. Know. You know, put their hand up because they felt such a passionate call to to protect their country, yes. didn't they? That was something else that Once was really more striking. Into the breach. Yeah. I know it was very interesting. Very interesting. So, so yes. So, so it is. It is. It is uh, your timeline story. Yes. Um, yes. Multifaceted. The other thing we need to just uh, weave into the storyline a little bit, just to give re- readers a little taste of the fashion. Yes. The fashion is beautiful. So yes. the book actually does open initially with, um, and I, I suppose I can give her name away, uh, Margot. Yes. Um, actually uh, modelling some gowns for Christian Dior. Yes. Um, Post World War Two. Yes. Um, and I thought the that new was look. the new look. Yes. Mm. He was all about the new look for women post war. Mm. Um, and um, that was actually at, at the time he sort of thought, oh, how, how, where is this going to go? But it was mm. um, it was very interesting. What did you think about the fashion, the use of the fashion in the book? Because 
I love it. I absolutely love it. And I know if you, I would advise people to actually follow Natasha on social media, although it's a bit tragic because we're not going to be able to travel. But um, she did go to France. She did go and look at the um, ateliers and she did go into the workrooms. And there's a wonderful documentary about Dior. I don't know if you've seen that. I haven't. It's absolutely brilliant. Um, just the workmanship and the commitment to detail that goes into the production of these beautiful clothes and um Natasha captures all that yeah and it's just and women obviously love it there's something we deeply adore about beautiful fabrics and beautiful shapes and I suppose it's fantasy. Oh, it is. It's a it's, it's a Cinderella. It's a Cinderella yes, dream. I think yes, we all have. Yes. You know, I, I found myself reading the book and then and then googling on my phone some of the some yes. of the dresses because she's actually quite specific with and mm. and again historically accurate yes. with the dresses that she that she They're on uses. Her social media feed. They and she are. went to the there was the Dior exhibition came to Australia. It was in Melbourne. It was in Melbourne. And she went to the, um she was in France when it was in France. And you know we in were there. Paris. We, we, oh, we were there. We were going to go. We were. And the line was. So we long. met across the road. We did, we did, we did, we did. It was the, it was the same exhibition. I, I, I so desperately wish I'd gone. My issue was that with, you know, four boys and a oh, husband, they have zero interest in anything no. fashion-oriented. So no. it was yeah, it was unfortunate we missed out. But I thought it was really interesting that um, so there, there were actually 65 gowns, 65 mm. Christian Dior gowns that are mentioned during the book. And I think in many ways it was a bit of an ode to friendship and survival. Um, and it was very it was very symbolic, I think, of... Um, um, of hope, don't you think yes, it was? I, I was? Just thinking that it's a metaphor for hope, indeed. That, and, that, and and maybe that's even what we're finding too through the Corona virus is that the things that have actually sustained us through this period have actually, which ironically, is art and creativity. Creativity. Like I, I was yes. saying to you earlier that my daughter and I really look forward to watching MasterChef mm. every night, mm. and it's it's watching amazing people do incredible things with food. Yeah. Um, playing the guitar, writing. Some friends have just become mad, crazy gardeners. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. Period. I know. And it's because it's satisfying. Yes. You're actually watching something grow. Yes. And that's what. So, I, and I think that's a lovely metaphor for hope in the face of futility. No, I agree. With I war. agree. And, um, and that, I think I mean, even it reminds me of um, that part in uh, The Devil Wears Prada when, I can't remember her name, the young Anne Hathaway's character. Right. yeah. Was she, it Sophie? No. Okay. I can't remember her name. She poo-poos the belt in that scene with Miranda and that, that everybody's... Um, you know, fashion really doesn't mean anything. And then Miranda goes into this long whole drive about the worth of fashion. And even if we love it. We absolutely we love it. We absolutely do. love it. It must be something core to being human is to appreciate art and yeah. beauty and life. Yeah. No, I agree. And it's interesting that um, in, in the book as well, um, Dior always maintained that his, enga- his gowns are endowed with poetry with life. Mm. And, um, and Margot... Uh, recalled that you are not just sewing a seam but fashioning a new life and I think I that think actually true. that sums it up it really I does know. it really does um as yeah. we sit here well, as I sit here in my tracksuit pants and my huge jumper you look gorgeous it's a beautiful jumper Mandy by the way I do very much like that one do very much like that one so anyway I thought that was really interesting and I think in many mm. ways it provided some color and some and some beauty um, which balanced out some of the more 
horror yes. type scenes and yes. stories because what happens is that there is a part of the book that actually does occur during a, a Ravensbrück. Mm. Probably not saying that correctly. A concentration camp for women uh, north of Berlin. Mm. Um, and uh, so I think in many ways it does it does balance the book out a little bit. I think it's wonderful. Um, and the other thing I do want to mention, and I didn't, I wasn't aware of this, is that Dior Christian Dior had a sister called Catherine, mm. um, who does actually play a role in the book. And um, I know just looking at some of the interviews Natasha has done, Natasha was very keen to tell her story. Yes, because she actually worked um, for the resistance during mm. World War Two. And she believes that, you know, Catherine actually played probably a more significant role within the, you know, the, the shaping the world's landscape than Christian, but yeah. yet her story hasn't been told. Mm. So I thought that was, um, I thought that was really interesting. The other, the other one thing I just want to mention, which is not completely relevant to the history, but there's, um, during the book, uh, the story of how uh, the Miss Dior's perfume gets its name is yes, shared. Yes, that's a lovely story Wasn't that lovely? Yeah. Wasn't that lovely? So the story goes that uh, Christian was discussing with one of his uh, workers, you know, what we're going to call this new, this new perfume and then Catherine walks into the room and someone goes oh yes Miss Dior welcome and there's the name of the perfume so Mm -hmm. I thought that was beautiful yes there's another she's just very clever at weaving in beautiful real life stories yes that make you feel like you're part of this intimate conversation about something that you love she does she does she does Mm. and that you come away from the book like every time I read one of Natasha's books I come away feeling my heart has been warmed because there has been an element of romance and there's Mm. been a a hero's journey but there also has been an element of history and I feel like yes. mm. for example I was not very up to date or actually didn't know much about Ravensbrück did you? No I, had, I, I wasn't familiar nothing. with that at all. And the irony is that on that trip where Mandy and I crossed paths in Paris we were also in Berlin at similar times we were. and when we were in Berlin there was Those only were the days my, my friend. friend I know <laughs> we can break into song and yes. dance so we won't don't worry. No, three years um, later we'll be able to travel again. I know yes, sorry. I know exactly I hear you but when we were in Berlin I know both of us went to um, Sachsenhausen. We did. Similar, different days. Yes. I did take my kids on a, on the Christmas Day, which was the yeah. lowest point ever in parenting. <laughs> but that's all good. Well, but I think it's a, I don't think so, Alex. I think that's the irony of life, isn't it? Oh, it's the reality of life, exactly. Andy. But what I was going to say is that Ravensbrück was never, ever offered as an option to go and visit. It was always mm. Sachsenhausen. And Ravensbrück was actually a concentration camp purely for women. Yes. And it's interesting. Why is that story not being told? You know why the story hasn't been told? And it actually is because there was this commonly held belief that men were the lifeblood of the resistance. However, women did play a role. Really? Yeah, and so many couldn't understand why women had been taken to a camp, and this point was making in the book. Are you serious? Made in the book, yeah. Um, and so they couldn't understand it. And the other belief was that, that a lot of the women in the camp were raped by Nazis, yeah. and which actually supposedly did happen. And no young woman in her twenties wanted to be seen as soil good with a tarnished oh. reputation, so oh. they didn't tell the stories. Oh, I know. Well, I suppose women don't tell those stories either. I know. No, they don't. I know. I don't. I don't. I don't. And then there's a really interesting quote from the book I just want to, to share that um, this is about women dealing with the, the I suppose, the, the, the emotional burden and the PTSD, not that that would have been mm, a term back mm. then, of their experience in, of, in Ravensbrook. Everyone tells them insistently that they must forget that their story is too weighted down with pain to be held within the fine contours of language. But memories are as insistent as the lice at Ravensbrook, puncturing the skin, burrowing in, emerging with renewed vigour of every attempt to fight them off. Wow. That's true. It is true, isn't it? The sins of the fathers. The sins they come back of to the fathers. That's true. Yeah. And, um, I mean, I suppose that's true of 
of history itself. Like, unless you're writing the story of winning, then those who have lost, they never get to tell their stories. And that's actually what's happening in history right now. That's what's that happening. Everybody is starting to tell their they stories. Are. And I know Natasha feels really passionately about that. Yeah. Um, she's quoted on several instances as saying that, you know, these. she's very keen to tell these stories, these untold women's stories story. about women forgotten yeah. stories. Um, so, yeah, and actually at Ravensbrück as well, I hope I'm saying that correctly. I did sound better. Um, there, so it's about 60K, 90K north of, um, north of Berlin. Wow. Um, there was um, 132,000 women in the camp. Really? Yep. During the war, about and about fifty thousand from Poland, and then the rest primarily from obviously Europe. Some from the US, but primarily from Europe. More than twenty thousand were Jewish, um, but fifty thousand of them perished, mm. um, and about three thousand were killed in the gas chambers. Wow, that's I, terrible. And what really did my head in? I was really quite shocked by was the quotas they had. They had to get rid of a certain amount a of people, people a day, every a day, in a week, in a month. Yeah, I think. Well, again. That's the horror of war. That's and when I, we've talked about this with obviously with the tattooist of Auschwitz. Yeah, um, but I think what's interesting though, Alex, is that we've got a glimpse of that. You know, with, with this period, like with, perhaps before COVID, and particularly for our generation, we haven't seen any sort of major incident. You know, our parents, we saw the lingering effects of the Vietnam War and then the War on Terror, but nothing like the Second World War. But COVID's given us a tiny little bit of an insight into what could potentially happen and how close, like the line of civility yes, is. I agree with that. Moving into uncivilised yes. behaviour. Yes. We're very lucky in Australia, but it wouldn't take much just wars to sort of erupt out of getting access to vaccine. Yes. People and paying supplies. more money. Yes, if you've got more money that therefore gives you access yep. to other things. And This is the closest our generation yes. will ever come to a wartime like scenario, yes. won't it? And where people can be exterminated because yeah. of XYZ mm-hmm. characteristic. Mm-hmm. I know. Family history of diabetes, family history of, I don't know, yeah. it makes you Heart more disease, absolutely. Yes. No, I agree. But also not only just that, but just the, the, the I suppose, the imposed isolation mm. and the imposed lockdown of restrictions. And I know my mum and dad, who are in their 70s, went out, Was it? I think it was last week when we had some easing of restrictions yeah. and they went to the local nursery, to the local coffee mm. shop, and they both remarked to me that it was a bit like when the war was over. They really? both said that. We had this sense of everyone was out and everyone yeah. Was excited, and I think mm. that was the day where coffee shops could have ten people in them. Oh. And um, not that and they obviously were very young during World War Two, yeah. didn't live through it, but they heard the stories but from their got parents. The yeah. Absolutely, and they both remarked that it was almost like everyone was sort of looking around and looking up to the sun and looking at each other mm. with this renewed vision. So it's interesting and appreciation, it? and appreciation mm. for freedom, which they, particularly being in their 70s, had not had for about probably eight, ten weeks. They were locked down. Yeah. Yeah. So one of my favourite aspects of this book is the historical fiction aspect to it. And I think that... And the romance. And the romance is beautiful. The romance is beautiful. But there is a character in the book called Elliot Beaufort. Who, okay. Remember that name, people. Um, who becomes who becomes a, a feature of Cat's life, and she, he's a present day character. Mm. So Elliot Elliot is a historian who is trying to retell and 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 research and dig deep on some of the stories of people during World War Two, and um, he is described in the book like this: He took historical events people thought they knew about and retold them from the perspectives of someone unexpected or overlooked. And you know mm. what? That is exactly what Natasha does. Yes, it's exactly what she does. Um, so, and she does it so well, this beautiful blending of fact and fiction. The other thing I like about the book... Yeah, tell me. Um, I do like the romantic aspect and I like the tension that she builds because 
there's this underlying with with both sections of the narrative in the present day and in the past there are underlying questions one is a mystery mm. like who is this Elliot and what is his story and can we trust him as a reader and can Kat trust him and then the one told in the Second World War is well, these two people please get together because I just love them. Yeah, and right. I love that. Yeah. Because it, it, it creates questions for the reader, which means you just keep reading. Which is really clever. That is very hard to do. Right. Plus include historical research, plus include you know, wonderful realisations of um, time and place. They're very vivid pictures that she paints. Oh, she does. If you just think about some of the locations, like obviously yes. the beautiful Cornwall with the gorgeous mm. sea and the azure I sky. I can see it in my head. So can I. Yeah. And the shells and the crabs. I was there. We were, yeah. we were there. We were and there. And all the officers' mess, mess huts and yes. all the locations for yes. flying the planes. Which had a very different colour, don't you yes. think? Oh, because totally. Of the, because of her language. Yes. You know, yes. that was very brown yeah, and very grey. And What she's doing is very to sustain two stories across two time periods with multiple characters is very difficult yeah absolutely so hats off Natasha yeah, hats off and then we had the beauty of France and then yes. the gorgeous ateliers and yes. the, the, the stunning fabrics and the yes. textures yes. and it's a, it's a beautiful feel that. read it's not hard no. it's not a complicated read but um it's an easy, it's an easy read, but it's done with great skill. It is. Now mm. we, we must say as well that it is a longer read than I remember the Paris seems to being. It's about four fifty pages. Yes, it's quite long. It is quite it? long. It yes. is quite long. But that doesn't mean it's hard. It just no, means it'll no, take you a no. little bit longer. No, I think if anything, people may think I shouldn't read this because it might be seen to be too lowbrow. That in a, in contrast to say normal people. Yes, I agree with that. Other books that you may have done. And actually, can I just and just interestingly, just on that, Mandy, when I was um, doing my research for this, I always just look around to see how widely something's been reviewed. Mm. And this has not been reviewed by mm. some of the big brand names that say normal people and where the crawl don't oh, no, sing no, 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 because no. people would consider this to be a little bit lowbrow. Exactly. Let's, let's be honest. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, so can I say go lowbrow? Yeah. Because I think there is more work sometimes that has gone into creating a, a, a beautiful imaginary world across generations and across time so with, with questions that the reader has to continually ask themselves which drives you reading. Sometimes there's more work that has gone into that than into the great work of... And I have to say, I tried to read normal people mm. And I couldn't get into yeah. it. Well, but I, I love the television show. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. It is. I know, yeah, it's so started beautiful. that. Whereas Natasha, it's an easy you just, read. You open the first page and it's like, right, I'm there. I know. I agree. And I'm going to enjoy this. I totally agree. It took me two attempts to get into normal people. I yes. ended up liking it. I know. I, might, I, know I must harder. keep trying. And it was yes. harder. And I, I don't. I really. And um, I get very annoyed at the suggestion that something that is considered popular or lower is somehow less than. And I think sometimes more work goes into something popular. And popular actually means that the author appreciates what people love. Yes, absolutely. There's nothing wrong with 
that. There's nothing wrong with that. And if you just look, so when you actually really finish your 450 pages, Natasha does spend about 10 pages going through her research. Yes. The research that she did for this book yes. was incredible. Yes. Like this would have been, I don't know, I'd hate to think the hours involved in this book. Mm. So as you say, just because it's popular, and I, mm. I don't want to use that word lowbrow again because, no. you know, I think, I think she's an incredible woman and it's yes. a great book. But she has left no stone unturned. No. And just because it's an easy read doesn't mean it's a less than a less than read. No. You know, it's not intellectual, you know, but it mm. is wonderful. This will this mm. this will warm your soul. It will. It really will. It's a beautiful read. It's um it'll it, make you nicer to your children. It will make you nicer to your children. <laughs> For about and, half an hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I agree. I agree. I agree. So do you think, Mandy, you know, um we had this lovely quote from my my lovely friend Lou Talbot in the book review in the book club, um, with the crawdad sing about will mm. this book make you a better person? So mm. I'm gonna include that in my uh in my in my book club for my friends. So do you think this book could make you a better person? Yes, I think it can make you appreciate what women have done in the past for all of us. And I think it can it just reminds you if it, if this beautiful young girl Sky can fly an aeroplane, what can we do? Mm. Come mm. on. Yeah, I know. I know. Let's live. Yeah, Let's totally. make the most of this freedom yes. that we have. I agree. I agree. To me, you know, um, there are so many courageous women in the past who were forgotten by history. I suppose mm. it's up to us to ensure that it doesn't happen again. Yeah. So I feel like, you know, we need we need to continue to tell our stories. Telling our story is mm. so important. We might sort of feel, oh, it's a bit awkward, it's a bit weird, you know. And I'm, I'm not really talking about a family history as such, but no. but even just taking to social media or, or keeping a diary or, or just verbalising, you know, mm. your life to your children is really powerful. And, mm. the, and those stories that you know of your mother and your grandmother, don't mm. see them as being less than. No. No, actually that's interesting too, Alex. And, and so, so Mandy, one of the things I think Natasha does so well is actually focus on those untold stories of women during mm. the war um, and then meticulously research. And obviously the characters are fictional, like we said, but the backdrop and the themes and, and, and the facts about what they mm. are experiencing are very much facts um and so um what i think is really is interesting is how she really focuses on i suppose some of the cases of of injustice Mm. and misogyny that these women obviously experienced um and but she does it with great sensitivity because obviously you know she doesn't just focus on the women in the auxiliary the 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 air transport association but obviously women during their time at ravensbrook as well but she does it she does it really well um but i i was i was just blown away like we talked about bravery is a very big thing by the bravery of those women flying those planes mm. um, and how they were discriminated against and they were basically used, weren't they? Mm. They really were. And there's this interesting quote from Sky that um, that sums it up. So this is her quote. She supposed they couldn't have known it would be the worst winter England had seen for decades, but the RAF did coordinate the fairing movements and so could dictate what the women flew and where. And they flew those tiger moths right the way through the record-breaking winter to Scotland, 2,000 planes, 2,000 Arctic journeys in all. Mm. And so these women were flying for four hours in minus 30-degree wind chill, which was a bit like, was described as being like being naked in a snowstorm. So their mm. bodies shut off every function beside keeping the blood somewhat moving through their body. And there's these interesting um, paragraphs where she describes that when the women land and they're trying to be taken out of the airplane, they're frozen up, they're seized up, they, can, they can't walk wow. because they're just you know yeah. but were the men ever subjected to that no they weren't no. it was only the women you know it yeah. was only the women so I thought that was that was really telling I suppose mm. um and the other thing Mandy which really got me was um two-thirds of the way through the book when obviously we talk about Ravensbrook um that the women that in this book that ended up in Ravensbrook only end up there a couple of days before the end of the war mm. but this camp 
was actually, after the end of the war, continued going because mm. because the Allies didn't bother coming and looking for the women. Mm. It was just it was just it's terrible. Dreadful, it was it? just dreadful. Mm. And so you know, there was I suppose that the, another quote from the book was, "Imagine discovering that you could have been rescued earlier, except that you weren't, and you were you we could accept sorry, except you were considered to be an inconvenience." Mm. And that sums it up. They didn't really care about the women; they were there no. just to be used to support the men. I think, and I think we just don't get that sense in Australia of our life being, although I suppose we've had a little bit of it now and with the bushfires and everything, um, of your life being shaped by the state or history mm. and that you as an individual don't have the power to do exactly or the freedom you want. Exactly right. Yeah. You'd be so outraged. You'd be so outraged, wouldn't you? And then you? to be silenced as well mm-hmm. through history mm-hmm. and the telling of history. I mean, women would... I can remember that, though. My mum, I don't know if... In the 70s, my mum and her friends all started to get incredibly angry about their experience as women um, and looking after children and how that had silenced them, basically. And I've felt a bit of a tremor of that, too, with some of the women in my age group now starting to get very cross about i think that's a i think there's a lot of women who are actually getting very cross and yes. and, and very almost i want to use the word resentful perhaps yes. of the time they've devoted to their families yes and perhaps the opportunity costs that's instituted as a result of that yes. what they've missed out on yes and i suppose what, what's and that's probably on a bad day i mean we do love our children yes, we and do. we think they're wonderful but it's the systemic nature it of is. it i think yeah and i think that's again what's lovely about reading natasha's books is because she actually focuses on character, focuses on female characters who are doing really fantastic things, like flying planes, making beautiful couture dresses. Mm. Um, active mm. women mm. who are not constrained by raising children, sadly, no. and looking after their families. Societal boundaries, perhaps. Yeah, yeah they're, they're, yeah, they're, 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 they're on their own journeys. That's what the war, maybe that's why. I mean, we, we did, both of us commented on why there is such a plethora of literature that women really love reading around the Second World War. And I think it is because women got the chance to do things that they weren't allowed to do. Yeah. That was, before. don't you think that was a real turning point for women? I yeah. think that was that was very much an, an opportunity only because there weren't enough blokes around to do the jobs where women yes. were able finally, to step yeah. into these roles and they yeah. finally had a moment to put their hand up and say, hey, we can do this too. Yeah. I think that's Gilbert what it was. actually talks about that in her City of oh, okay. Girls books. Okay. That, that Which you and I are going to be doing yes, in a couple yes. of weeks. Yeah. The, the woman that she focused, one of the women that she interviewed is in the 90s, um, who formed the basis for that book, said that that's what she decided, that why would I ever go back to, once I've experienced this enormous freedom in the 40s and had men desiring me and having a great odd time, why would I want to go back, why would I ever want to give that up, yeah. give up that freedom? It's interesting, isn't it? children and to be constrained yeah. by domestic private life yeah i know which which can be really tough maybe we love reading natasha's books because she gives us an insight into a world that we don't have ourselves and maybe secretly some of us yearn to fly an airplane you know the other thing i really loved though about and i think we need to make mention of it about the book is obviously there's a lot there's love in the book there's there's an enduring concept of enduring love and that's beautiful and she does that she's just that she's a 10 out of 10 for the the enduring love story yes she gets that on a level that a lot of others don't but i also think we talk about love let's talk about the love that's associated with friendship Mm. and the one i the one particular um friendship um dynamic i want to talk about is when there i'm not going to mention their names there are three characters who are in ravensbruck together Mm. And mm. one of the characters uh, becomes very unwell 
she mm. actually has a child when she's in mm. Ravensbrück and um, delivers the child at, in, in, in their bunk bed accommodation and becomes very unwell, obviously has complications and, you know, was fortunate enough to be able to be managed at the end. But um, the way that the, her two friends looked mm. out for her and that bond that those three women had, mm. I thought was just incredible, you mm. know. I just it thought is. that was I mean, I've talked about this before, story. The, the sustaining quality of women's friendship. Oh, Mandy. And what it's you would so do for powerful. your friends and how kind and loving and courageous you would be for them. Yes. Yes, and again, I think the war creates an opportunity to talk about those things on a much larger scale. It and does. and the, the level of sacrifice that people would make is so much greater. So much greater. So but much greater. The um, elements that we all share in our female friendships are, are there, present. Yeah. In our friendships today yeah. as and well. They're sustaining and they mm. are essential. Those women would not have survived. That no. woman that had that baby would not have survived if it wasn't for those two friends. No. And they put herself they yes. put themselves on the line. They took beatings that she should mm. have received. Mm. Um, and in fact one of them made quite quite the ultimate sacrifice. So mm. um, I thought that was just so yes. moving. Yeah, and again, which is so clever, Natasha's so clever about setting up particular relationships at the beginning of the book. Yes. So you're thinking, hmm, I don't know what I think about this particular character. Yeah, and actually, can we talk about one of those characters? Let's talk about it. It's Margot. Yes. Okay. And so she actually, Margot, we meet Margot during that World War II period when mm. they're all on one of the, on one of the, the air bases. Mm. And she's a, quite a cold character who I don't mm. initially warm to. I sort no. of, I think she's a bit tony. Liberty's the same. Oh, Liberty yes. Sky's sister. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But, but Margot in particular was very cold standoffish mm. and very I felt I always thought I was she was a bit Machiavellian to be honest mm. she was yeah, very much nasty you know and the ends just justifies mm. the means and uh not the sort of woman that other women would have gravitated to and no, you know no. there are yes people like that people like that mm. um but then she goes on such a journey mm. don't you think mm, she totally and she <laughs> Her journey is, I think you would even call it from your with your English teachers, had on maybe a hero's journey. Yes, that was exactly what I was about oh, to say, Mandy. Alex. <laughs> I've overheard those sessions. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, she's an ultimate hero. She is an yeah, ultimate which hero. Which again is a, another instructive point, like going back to what your friend Lou said about making you a better person when you're reading. Um, yeah, it, again, Natasha invites us to reconsider what we think mm. and the assumptions that we make about people. Mm. Now, Mandy, um, would we recommend this book? I would recommend it. It's a lovely, lovely, lovely read. It's no. easy, but that doesn't mean it's diminished And it's all. less than. No, we love, we think we, it's no, definitely worth I think worth. Natasha's a real master, and that's why she is a top the New York Times bestseller list, and bravo to Natasha. And go Australian writers yeah. and go Australian fiction. Absolutely, absolutely. Mandy, out of ten. I'd give it a eight and a half. Eight and a half. Because that's because I, I love the Paris seamstress. So oh, I'd give that ten out of ten. You'd give that ten. Well, I really enjoyed it. Yes. What okay. Yes. I mean, yes. Yeah. I would give this. I would probably give this an eight and a half too. I think eight and a half, maybe eight and three quarters even. Um, I I look. I just loved. I look. I loved everything. It, to me, it hit every point. We had mm. romance. We had history. We had a hero's journey. It satisfied everything for me. I have to say, I even love the cover. The cover's beautiful. And so the the actual physical. Quality of the book, yeah. Which sounds ridiculous, no. but I absolutely loved. I love the size of the book. Mm. I know it's, it's a little bit tall. There, there would be a special name for this. Yes, it's 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 not taller elongated. than normal. Yeah, yes. more elongated than normal, and it is and it is beautiful. Um, and it it just it just is the ultimate. It it takes you sweeps you up, doesn't it? Yeah, not every book sweeps you up. No, and you de- as soon as you open the page, you are in the nineteen thirties oh, and the nineteen forties. You're Europe. there. 
You're absolutely there. No, 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 you're there. You're living and breathing it. So well done, Natasha. Um, the only other thing I would like to add is that Natasha, in terms of her next book, it'll be interesting to see whether she actually mm. stays within that French genre yes. and time period or whether she perhaps Moves. might move and take on another sort yes, of focus. Uh, yes, I'm ready focus. for another focus. Mm. I think Having that's read fair. My, three of her last three books. I think she's done a magnificent job and I'm curious to see where she takes us next. Yeah, no, I'm looking very much looking forward to that. She does a book a year. Oh, no, she's a so bloody this legend. A, she's incredible. So this is, this was her 20, this is her 2020 book. <laughs> yeah, I think she's already done another. She's already, she's editing, she's making the final edits on her next book. Oh, gosh, that'll be interesting. But I do think it might have a bit of a French right flavour. Right. Again. Again. Interesting. Maybe she might move into the 50s or something. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Anyway, we mm. wait and see. Well, Mandy, thank you so much for thank your time. Thank you, Alex. Always a Lovely pleasure. Lovely to talk to with you. Lovely to talk to you. And we've got um, some more good books coming up, my friend. Yes. So we're looking forward to chatting to those. And look, everybody, I hope you're all doing well. Thank you very much for listening in. And um, the book that we are going to be reading next week is Such a Fun Age by Kylie Reid. That's supposed to be really good. It's supposed to be incredible. I've got mm. a lot of friends have actually already started reading that. So I'm looking forward to receiving your feedback. And that's the other thing. If you've read the book and you want to share some insight, please, please send it through. Um, it's just DM me or whatever social media platform you can get your hands on. I will respond and you will get a shout out. I have to say, actually, I have to thank the lovely Lynn um, today for her um, input. Uh, Lynn, thank you. Lynn did make the point that she loved the way that... Um, that, that Natasha really provided a wonderful backstory with Sky and, and yes. Liberty. Yes. And she felt that that was something that is a little bit different for Natasha in this book oh. um, and that the, the fact she did that really helped us connect it with does. the characters. It does. Particularly and understand them in the, in the, in the, in the sort of the later, later sequences yes. of the book. Yes. So yes. she thought that was really great. Yeah. So thank you so much, Lynn, for um, sharing that. I thought that was uh, very, very insightful. So thank you, everybody. Thank you for listening. Stay safe. Get out because we can. Go to a cafe. Woo-hoo. Yeah. Woo-hoo. Okay, lots of love. See you later. See you next week. Bye.